Michael, I'd like to start today's episode with a classic scene from my favorite American ecological dystopian thriller film of 1973. Yeah, that's very specific. <laughs> how big is that list of yours? Well, just one movie's on that list. But anyway, here's the clip. They're making our food out of people. Next thing they'll be breeding us like cattle for food. You gotta tell them. You gotta tell them. Promise, Tiger. I promise. I'll tell the exchange. You tell everybody. Listen to me, Hatcher. You gotta tell them. Silent Green is people. We gotta stop them somehow. Soylent Green is made of people. Okay, yes, that's. It's a classic line from the movie Soylent Green, of course. Yes, yes, and Soylent Green was actually based off of the novel Make Room, Make Room by Harry Harrison. And yeah, it's a great film. I remember seeing it a while back, and yeah, it's definitely stuck with me. All right, well, um, what does that have to do with today's episode? Well, today's episode isn't on the film or the book, but it is about a company who found some inspiration through both. The company, Soylent, a meal replacement company founded back in 2013. Ah, yeah, the the talk of all the tech bros um, <laughs> several years back. And yes, uh, I guess it'd be great to get caught up on where things stand today, because honestly, I haven't heard from them in a while. Well, we're going to get into all of that, but first, let's roll the intro. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P 
P-O-R-K-B-U-N.com forward slash rocketshipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is and save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. All right, so today's episode, all about Soylent, the company that makes food and powder that's meant to be a complete meal replacement. At least that's how it first started, right? Yeah, exactly. It was back in 2012 where Soylent actually got its start as a part of Y Combinator, although it didn't join YC as the Soylent we know today. In fact, the original core group of founders, Rob Reinhardt, Matt Cobble, and David Rentalin, they joined YC to be a wireless networking company. But their company wasn't getting the traction that they needed. And right around that time, another YC founder, John Coogan, who was working on his own startup, but he also wasn't seeing the traction his startup needed. But then John, he made a move. And that move was sort of the first domino for the team to ultimately launch the Soylent we know today. Here's John with more on the early story from his YouTube channel. After my startup ran out of the $17,000 we had raised in funding, I informally joined the other startup team who still had about $100,000 left in funding from Y Combinator. One of Paul Graham's most hilariously simple pieces of startup wisdom is just, don't die. He wrote an essay where he said, if you can just avoid dying, you get rich. That sounds like a joke, but it's actually a pretty good description of what happens in a typical startup. So we took this to heart. With no revenue coming in, we set out to cut our expenses as much as possible. We moved to a tiny one-bedroom apartment in the Tenderloin District of San Francisco, where I slept on a twin bed in the living room. We paid our rent a year in advance, so we at least knew that we would have a place to live. As long as we were able to pay for food and internet service, we knew we could continue to try new ideas until something took off. I was still focused on writing code and building traditional software startups, but one of the roommates, Rob Reinhardt, broadened his vision and started researching biology. He noticed that we were spending most of our money on food, and we were eating extremely unhealthy diets of mostly ramen noodles and Costco corn dogs. So he started working on a solution that would be healthy, convenient, and affordable. Typically, food options only satisfy two of these criteria. Nice restaurants are healthy and convenient, but expensive. Fast food is convenient and affordable, but unhealthy, and growing your own food is affordable and healthy, but is inconvenient in a tiny apartment. The idea he came up with was simple. Buy the exact nutrients needed to satisfy the FDA-recommended daily values and blend them together into a drink that was quick and cheap to make. He started tinkering with formulas, and to be honest, the first time he told me about the project, I wrote it off entirely. I simply thought that all viable startups had to be tech companies and that there was no way we could launch a new food brand. It was an interesting experiment, 
but I didn't see how it could make any money. But Rob liked the product he had made and thought others might too, so he started blogging about his experience. He posted a lengthy blog post on February 13th of 2013, where he detailed his experience using the Soylent prototype formula and shared how his health had improved while using the product exclusively. So a bunch of tech guys decided that they had to create this food company that's not really a food company, more like a, a food replacement <laughs> company, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm with you there. So this blog post that Rob wrote, which John referenced, that ended up being a pretty pivotal moment in the company's history, right? Yeah, big time. That post basically shared details about how Rob Reinhart gave up food and only lived on this sort of concoction that he made up for 30 days. And it ended up catching the interest of some groups, namely male tech workers, but also Silicon Valley reporters. One publication, Vice, interviewed Rob about that blog post. And, well, I'm going to read an excerpt from that Vice article uh, because Rob Reinhardt was quoted in it, and he said, quote, We need vitamins and minerals. We need carbs, not bread. Amino acids, but not milk. It's still fine to eat these whenever you want, but not everybody can afford or has the desire to eat them. He continued that, quote, not having to worry about food is fantastic. No groceries, dishes, deciding what to eat, no endless conversations weighing the relative merits of gluten-free, keto, paleo, vegan. Power and water bills are lower. I save hours a day and hundreds of dollars a month. I feel liberated from a crushing amount of repetitive drudgery. Soylent might also be good for people having trouble managing their weight. I find it very easy to lose and gain precise amounts of weight by varying the proportions of my drink. Now, if you looked at the early recipe for Zoiland, you notice varying measurements of carbohydrates, sodium, chloride, zinc, and other basic food elements. Basically, the idea was to give you all the nutrients your body needs with nothing extra, literally nothing. It's a minimalist approach to food, and it came in the form of a powder that you'd mix, although eventually they just started delivering the pre-mixed, ready-to-consume bottles as well. Yeah, that blog post and the media coverage that happened as a result it actually opened up a door for the team to bring their concept of Soylent to life. Let's go back to John Coogan for what happened next. And seemingly overnight, 10,000 people had signed up on an extremely simple landing page to try the product when it was available. With so much organic interest in the product, we were able to launch a crowdfunding campaign that raised $3 million, which was a record for food products at the time and still stands in the consumer packaged goods category. After working for nearly a year on failed idea after failed idea, we had finally lucked into something that spoke to people and was able to gain organic traction. Three million in funding from a crowdfunding campaign, and finally the kind of traction that nobody from the founding team had ever seen before. It was a sign that, yeah, they were onto something. In this interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson, yes, the famous astrophysicist, CEO Rob Reinhardt admits that the name of the product itself, Soylent, may have had something to do with the attention that the company was starting to get in those early days, both with the crowdfunding campaign and immediately after. Was it the word Soylent that was getting people? It definitely stimulated some, some conversation. You're too young to remember the original reference. I'm a huge fan of the movie and the book. Soylent Green. Soylent Green. What is the secret of Soylent Green? Keeping that science aspect and that science fiction aspect is, is very important to me because when you think of, of Soylent, Soylent Green in the book, Make Room, Make Room, um, that's a very real problem about the population growth and um, burdening the Earth's resources. You know, I think we need to take these problems very seriously and catch them before they start. So what, do you, what are you trying to do here? We're trying to make food better. We wanted to see 
what a balanced diet entails and then meet those requirements as elementally as possible. So elementally, you mean sort of molecular nutritional level of the product? Exactly. Goal was to use science to make the, improve the food system. Use science to improve the food system. It's a weighty goal, and oh, I don't know. World hunger is a real problem. Although uh, it didn't seem like their target market was really those suffering from hunger. It seemed like it was tech workers who needed to buy another hour to code and wanted to just grab something quick so they weren't hungry anymore. And uh, I guess feel good about their health why they did that yeah maybe so but the real question i had and apparently so did neil degrasse tyson was did soylent taste good let's go back to that interview whatever you put in here you want to say it's better than like the whole meal i just had i had like eggplant parmesan last night well it depends what you're optimizing for uh optimized for pleasure how about that <laughs> this may not be the most pleasurable meal in the galaxy okay however it is very functional functional food Right. Ever since food fortification from a generation ago, I mean, iodized salt, uh, fortified rice, cereal, even macaroni and cheese has to be fortified. Yeah, yeah, it's all, yeah, all the grains. Nutritional deficiencies used to be used to be just part of life, and now they're gone. They're gone completely. Just gone. This is an engineering problem. Right. A food engineering problem. Food engineering problem, and it's a very complex problem. I mean, it's pretty astounding that we can make something like this that will sit on a shelf without refrigeration for a year. Is the food you want in the zombie apocalypse. Exactly. It's the food you want in a zombie apocalypse. I love that quote. And <laughs> yeah, the dialogue didn't really make it sound like they were selling the product on its taste very much, did it? No, not at all. He, he definitely downplayed the taste of Soylent. <laughs> Although Neil deGrasse Tyson did taste Soylent just seconds after that dialogue. Oh, whoa. <laughs> what did he think? Well, let's take a quick break here and we'll find out right after. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att. Dot com. That's business.att.com. Okay, before the break, we learned about the early start of Soylent, a meal replacement product that was created to really take the place of what Soylent CEO Rob Reinhart calls recreational food. Recreational food, as in eating the foods that we actually like to eat. But according to Reinhardt and his team, there's a lot of hassle and cost involved with eating today, and everybody needs their nutrients, but they don't need to consume it the way that most people have up until now. There was a better option, at least according to them. And Soylent was it. And you said that Neil deGrasse Tyson, in his interview with Reinhardt, he'd actually do a live taste test. Is that right? Yeah. Let's go back to that interview and see what happened when he took his first sip. So this, what, what, how do I know what flavor this is? Um, we were trying to have something kind of neutral, kind of bland. So you managed to create this and not have much of a taste. It's really a perfunctory which, which act. Is, of... Which is very difficult because every one of those ingredients does have a taste. Right. So to have something ending up neutral is much, much more difficult than to have something that tasted strongly of say mint. So this will define forevermore what Soylent tastes like for me. Yes. Okay. Okay, here. 
Now, at this point, Neil brings the bottle to his lips, takes a sip, and almost winces. Then you can see him trying to find the taste. A little, some of it reminds me of kaopectate. For diarrhea, you take kaopectate. This doesn't have the same function. Kaopectate. Okay. I mean, it's not a ringing endorsement <laughs> not, of the flavor. <laughs> not at all. But I guess that wasn't really the point with Soylent, right? And, and those early Soylent believers, they didn't seem to care about the taste. They just wanted to drink their Soylent, know that they were getting their nutrients, and then move on with their day. So even though it didn't necessarily get the ringing endorsement on taste here, Soylent did actually take off, didn't it? Well, with certain audiences, yes. And in early 2015, Soylent raised $20 million from Andreessen Horowitz, along with some others, which gave it the capital that it needed to build out its product line and distribution channels. It would also help them scale up so that it could bring its cost to consumers down a little bit. I mean, at the time, one bottle of Soylent was $3 a bottle, and, and they hoped to cut that cost. By August of 2015, some of this funding was put to use. The company would bring Soylent 2.0 to life. No more bags of powder. They would offer prepackaged, ready-to-drink bottles of Soylent to consumers to make the drink more user-friendly. It would also make the drink much more attractive to sit on store shelves. And more on that later. Yeah, there was just one problem with the launch of Soylent 2.0, though. Yeah, the launch, it wasn't flawless, was it? it? Not at all. A few weeks after shipments of Soylent 2.0 began going out, customers began complaining about delays. And it turned out that, at least according to Soylent, a, quote, small number of Soylent 2.0 bottles had been found to contain mold. Shipments had to stop while the company conducted an internal investigation. Now, according to the company, there were only 11 bottles affected out of the 400,000. But according to Vice, they received complaints from many more people beyond just the 11. The complaints they had to do with mold, but also issues with consistency and opaqueness of the beverage. And overall, consumers seemed like they just wanted more transparency. Transparency, like to to see through the beverage? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the other kind. So transparency about the issues, transparency <laughs> from the company, <laughs> what was actually going on. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Anyway, despite all of this, Soylent as a business, they were still doing pretty well. It had, had done $10 million in revenue uh, in 2014, and they were about to triple that. And it was reported that it was actually profitable as of 2015. So... There were things that were working here and uh, were in their favor. In 2016, it did continue rolling out new products, uh, this time Coffeeist, which is a, a bottle of Soylent Drink 2.0, but with added 150 milligrams of caffeine and 75 milligrams of L-theanine, uh, an amino acid derived from tea leaves, along with a coffee flavor uh, with just a hint of chocolate. Basically, it's answer to humans' addiction to hitting up the local Starbucks before work. Right, exactly. Uh, now, they also started shipping out a new product called, very creatively, Food Bar. For just $2, uh, Food Bar was a lactose-free, animal-free, nut-free nutritional bar made with soy protein, algal flour, and beet-derived sugar. And it just sounds delicious, doesn't it? Yeah, sounds as delicious as that kaopectate drink that Neil deGrasse Tyson had. Well, it happened to be Soylent's first go in an edible product, and... No, this uh, food product was not made of people. At least, I don't think so, anyway. Uh, but there was a big problem with the Soylent food bars. It just so happened that many people who were eating the Soylent food bars were becoming violently ill. Here's Kim Horcher of Nerd Alert talking about these early complaints. Yeah, a lot of people have been complaining that this has been giving them um, in 
intestinal distress, uncontrollable diarrhea, uncontrollable pooping, barfing. It's made people sick. Um, this is from all, accounts all across mm -hmm. the internet, including Reddit. And the, uh, the official Do we have an home. idea of how what some people are saying about this? I got my first box earlier this week. After eating one in the middle of the day, I became very nauseous and had awful diarrhea. Nothing else in my diet had changed, so when I saw on the subreddit that others had similar problems, there was no doubt in my mind what the cause was. And this comes from uh, someone else. Huh, I had a couple of instances of food poisoning a couple weeks back. Soylent bars are actually one of the things that could have caused it. I was severely nauseous for several hours, had horrific diarrhea and vomiting. I lost a day of work over it. I never nailed down where I might pick it up. But of the things that could have caused the problem, both times soylent bars are in the short list. I mean, yes, if you're gonna, I mean, how many people get multiple food in, uh, food poisoning instances? I, uh, I would say food poisoning is rare for me. Yeah, same. So another case of soylent not exactly finding a perfect balance with its proprietary mix of ingredients. They ended up publicly recalling those soylent food bars, stating on their blog, quote, it has recently come to our attention that a small number of our customers have experienced gastrointestinal issues after consuming Soylent bars. As a precautionary measure, we're halting all Soylent bar purchases and shipments and are advising our customers to discard any remaining bars in their possession. Yet, despite all these issues, Soylent actually hit another big milestone. Yeah, in May of 2017, Soylent received another $50 million in funding this time from GV, the firm formerly known as Google Ventures. Turned out that Google co-founder Larry Page, he actually liked the chocolate version of the meal in a bottle, um, which was one of those new flavors that Soylent brought to market. And so he wanted to set up a chat with Rob Reinhardt, and that chat ended up leading to a $50 million investment into the company. And so, just like that, another road bump, yet Another huge milestone. And then a couple more road bumps. Actually, some big ones. Oh, okay. So um, what's next? Well, a couple of things. Uh, company actually had a major blow when its products were banned altogether in Canada. Oh, that's not good. N no, definitely not. Uh, part of its inspection of food sold in its country, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency actually declared that it didn't meet the requirements for a, quote, meal replacement product. After this ruling, Reinhardt publicly stated that although we feel strongly that these requirements do not reflect the current understanding of human nutritional needs, we respect the CFIA's regulations and will fully comply with any regulatory action they deem appropriate. Unfortunately, this means that we were unable to ship any additional product to our Canadian warehouses or sell Soylent to our Canadian customers until this is resolved. And unfortunately, the year of bad luck continued for Reinhardt specifically. By the end of 2017, Reinhardt would be out as CEO of the company. Now, he ultimately stepped down and Brian Crowley uh, stepped in as the new CEO. He was serving as president at that time. It was spun, of course, as, you know, just a company moving from one stage to another and having a need for different leadership. But it's pretty obvious to most that a lot of these stumbling blocks for Soylent, especially in this year that was meant to be so positive after that fresh round of funding, well, it probably played a big factor into that decision. So what happened with this new leadership and where does Soylent stand today? More on that after a quick break. Before the break, we learned about the milestones and road bumps that Soylent was experiencing during its first few years in business. 
it was catching the attention of lots of people experiencing actually great sales in the tens of millions of dollars by the end of 2017 and even raised a fresh 50 million in funding. But it also went through multiple rounds of product recalls. The Canadian government banned its products to be sold in the country and its founding CEO, Rob Reinhart, ultimately stepped down. But would that new leadership make a difference? Well, maybe so. In 2018, Soylent began increasing its distribution footprint. Sure, it couldn't be sold in Canada, but it set sights on another country, the United Kingdom. It actually tweaked its original formula with its UK launch, but getting into customers' hands and to the stomachs across the pond is a big feat for Soylent. Yeah, and they actually had a lot more to celebrate, too. It was starting to make its way onto store shelves in the U.S. Its first retail presence was at 7-Eleven, where it actually found a lot of success as a grab-and-grow option that wouldn't be bad for the waistline. It struck a deal with a distributor, Big Geyser, which gave it access to thousands and thousands of more stores. It also struck deals with Walmart, HEB, and other retailers. Essentially, Soylent was doing what it could to put itself where people already were. Even CNN's Anderson Cooper gave Soylent a big vote of approval as he shared with W Magazine that he really didn't have much time for food. And instead, he actually preferred Soylent's coffeeest beverage and their other offerings. It's really not a bad endorsement to get. No, not at all. Uh, In Soylent, they continue to invest in product development. Now, some of those products would stick around and some wouldn't. Soylent Bridge was launched as a drink that was meant to replace in-between meal snacks, but there was some confusion with that product because, well, what's the difference between Soylent Bridge and just Soylent? Yeah, it turns out there was a difference in terms of ingredients and nutritional value, but the difference wasn't necessarily enough for consumers to you know, get it. So today, Soylent Bridge does not exist. No, but back in 2019, Soylent did introduce Soylent Squared, which was another attempt at a food product after the last iteration. Those Soylent food bars we talked about, uh, well, they were discontinued after those rounds of product recalls. But Soylent Squared, it does exist today. Uh, It's basically a 100-calorie square bar that's easy to carry around and snack on when you get the urge. Soylent suggests you could have one or two as a healthy snack or, heck, eat three or four of them and you can replace an entire meal. (laughs) And this product line was really a step in the direction of going more mainstream. This product was meant to appeal to the masses, not just those looking to replace their meals altogether. And with all of these developments, there have been more positive things to happen for the company, too. In 2020, Canada actually began allowing Soylent to be sold in the country once again. So, Michael, good news. You actually can buy Soylent in Canada today if you'd like. Well, hey, that is good news for sure. Although, I do know that Soylent has since pulled out of the UK, so... Maybe one step forward, one step backwards. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. But uh, Soylent today is actually led by Demir Vangelov, who replaced Crowley as CEO in 2021. Now, according to Vangelov, Soylent is profitable today and has really ramped up its sales engine. It's now in tens of thousands of locations throughout the world. And just on Amazon alone, they see tens of millions of dollars in Soylent being sold every year. It's reported that Soylent's revenue this year will likely be around $75 million, which is certainly great growth over the past few years. But is it enough for an eight-year-old company that just raised as much in funding? Well, we'll see what investors think, because just a couple months ago, Bloomberg reported that Soylent may actually be exploring a sale. Bloomberg reported that Soylent's working with an advisor to solicit interest from strategic buyers and private equity companies. 
supposedly the acquisition figure they'd likely seek out would be around $225 million. Back in 2015, its evaluation was around $150 million. With the fresh $50 million of funding from GV in 2017, it wasn't reported what its valuation had been updated to, but you'd imagine it would be higher than the $150 million. But probably not as high as the 225 that it's valued at today. Yeah, it's probably fair to assume. So is Soylent a product success or is it a product failure? Probably somewhere in between, right? It's a, it's a company that launched, it grew, it lasted almost a decade. So whether or not it finds that acquisition price its founders and investors hope for, the fact is it's still around and that is a success in its own right, I'd say. Yeah, it's true. Look, food startups, they get started every day, right? And and most don't last the test of time. So yeah, I would say that uh, it lasting nearly a decade, that, that definitely says something. Yeah, especially those that were launched by software engineers. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, it is crazy to think that Soylent, it wasn't built by food scientists. It was built by these software engineers. And it's crazy to think that when it first started, yeah, like it didn't necessarily have that internal expertise. Uh, I, I thought maybe to close out the episode, we could go back to that Neil deGrasse Tyson interview where he was interviewing Soylent's founder and CEO, Rob Reinhart. And they actually talk about whether having that background as software engineers is actually a feature and not a bug. Well, it sounds like you have just the right kind of background to think that creatively. If you had only a pure biology background, maybe you wouldn't have come to some of these revelations. Maybe not. The engineer thinks about a problem and how to solve it. And I think a great engineer or a scientist sees that the boundaries between the fields are not absolute. Right, and you just cross them over whenever you need to. Yeah, that chemical energy, electrical energy. Just energy. It's the same. It's energy. So what's next? You just can keep growing the company, you'd be a zillionaire, and then help the UN. Absolutely. Feed the world. We can help feed the world. And in time, I think uh, we'll invest in the science and technology, vertically integrate food production such that you can have an at-home bioreactor that will print nutritious food directly from sunlight, air, and water. At-home bioreactor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Reinhardt never got a chance to create that at-home bioreactor with Soylent, but he did create one of the most interesting food companies we've seen in the last decade, and that's definitely something. Absolutely. Well. I guess that wraps us up for today. For Mike Belsito, I'm Michael Saka. We'll be back with more next week here on Rocketship.fm. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to thepodglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.